0: Go ahead and give me that sanity check. Wah! Ooh, too bad, so sad. Looks like you just picked up a derange, my friend. Happy Herbie here, and you'd be insane not to check out Chaotic Click Clacks. That's right, friends, head on over to Facebook, Instagram, or Etsy, and search up Chaotic Click Clacks. Peruse their exotic array of handmade gaming dice. So the next time you're staring into the gaping maw of insanity, you can do so with confidence and style. Remember, a Click Clacks, where we want to be your Clack Dealer.
1: Welcome to Maximum Roll Entertainment Podcast, where we take the time to interview folks within the gaming industry. Today, we have the nearly normal nerds they have a twitch youtube and podcast stream they are joining us all the way from new zealand tom is one of their dungeon masters that's right one they must have multiple Uh, welcome hey kelly how's it going hey right on so yeah you have multiple dms so i'm gonna step back and let you introduce your your crowd and i know you said there's some of them aren't here so instead of me butchering it take take it away
2: (laughs) all right well um yeah so there's myself tom i'm the dm for uh cyberpunk red campaign that we've been uh streaming on twitch i'm joined today with jimmy the james he's our uh dungeons and dragons dm who uh Mm. is running the campaign that we keep ignoring while we're trying to stream (laughs) it on twitch and then um we've got uh just jordan and he is going to be the dm of a um Custom RPG that he's been developing off of a um, an RPG system. He can tell us about that later. I'm oh sure. yeah, I'm
1: definitely interested
2: in that. And uh, yeah, there's there's two other um, cast members that couldn't join us today: uh, Big Sefi and Tyrell, also known as the Mayor of Poundtown. <laughs> They're
1: not important. <laughs> I They're like just the talent, though. <laughs> yeah, I like you guys. Uh, your, your names, you've your attitudes, makes it unique. And pretty cool. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and i not just. P. Jordan. Interested-
2: they do do a good job. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, that seems like uh, i'm not just interested in the you know the your your game that you're building from scratch i'm interested in everything but uh, you know stuff like that really interests me because that's how i do things it's very homebrew uh Mm. and building a world and stuff so that's always interesting to hear new people's uh outtakes on how they're building their worlds and and putting that together so we could probably go to that one last because that'll probably have the most questions more in-depth stuff i know cyberpunk just came out uh what's you want to dive into the cyberpunk world once you tell us yeah sure
2: well um yeah it's kind of interesting for me because uh i've only recently gotten into tabletop rpgs so um i pretty much got into dungeons and dragons with these two guys and uh the other two when uh we hit just after we hit level four lockdown in new zealand last year so i've only been into these games for a short amount of time and um so I picked up the uh, jumpstart kit for Cyberpunk Red and figured I'd try and dive into figuring out how to GM. So I'm still very fresh. Um, but yeah, because it was uh, when I got the jumpstart kit, there was such limited material. There was kind of one adventure in there and, a, and kind of a, a half of a rule kit. Um, I've, I sort of homebrewed up uh, enough material out of that one shot to make sort of three or four sessions worth. Um so yeah, I've I've been delving into that and then recently got the uh, the actual core rule book. And so um we've been working on digesting the actual rules, figuring out how to actually level characters up and <laughs> go through the go through the proper equipment lists and whatnot. But it's yeah. been fun, man. I've been I've been really enjoying the um, the uh, I don't know what you'd call it, just the um, experience of diving into creating a Uh, a a story within an existing world you know
1: yeah that's always a fun thing of when you when you make a uh anything D &D or anything tabletop related uh use the books as a foundation of like to help you outline your world unless you're creating one Uh, Mm. and just building on top of that so you know it's one of those things where you know you start off kind of going by what they put out there but then once you get your legs you're just like ah it's just a template of what i need to do and uh yeah it's pretty amazing compared to like a uh, first and second edition uh when when i first started in the late 80s with those uh you only had the box sets and you only got mm-hmm. to to stay within that world the realm of that box set so yeah you you basically had to wait you know every month or every few months to get the next module and then the characters didn't transfer every you had brand new characters and uh I, I think now it's more open obviously and you can do more with it and yeah yeah uh how long have you guys uh individually uh been playing tabletop games D, or or your current craft
3: jimmy and i we started kind of together right when we played yeah. on
4: um, tabletop sim oh i mean I was a little bit before you okay let's not get oh it okay damn <laughs> right. i was trying to flex <laughs> no, no, I, I got into the towards the end of college i think when the 5e player handbook came out i think yeah just 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 as soon as that arrived then i i grabbed the copy then i didn't take care of it so
3: man you've had it since then and we only played like years after yeah no
4: yep
1: there's <laughs>
3: nothing wrong So with that. Oh, man how long would that be
4: uh it would be like maybe four years ago mm. I would say yeah yeah so yeah, then so I would have
3: played a little bit after you
4: yeah
1: nothing wrong with that that's a good fifth edition is a good place to start uh instead of like the older ones where oh yeah it, it yeah, turns yeah. people away <laughs> a little bit because you, yeah. you really have to be invested in, in, in how the system works and if you can handle uh, Thacko and and all these other mm-hmm. much harder ways of playing the game uh, where yeah. it's easier now. Uh, what about you, Tom? Yeah. Tom? Uh... Huh?
4: <laughs> sorry <laughs> What about <laughs> you? What answer
0: did you answered that question.
3: <laughs> Last year, man, you already said. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Uh, no, I'm... Um... Um...
2: <laughs> my, my intro to tabletop stuff was kind of um a bit earlier but not in the rpg situation i, I got started on uh, x-wing probably four oh, nice. years ago and that was kind of my like intro to board games not having a grid on them or whatever you know um so once i got into x-wing that opened the door to legion and that was destiny and i just uh, you know i fell into the whole big time um and so uh, yeah, that kind of kind of got me i guess out of video games for for one, and <laughs> kind of hooked on the social side of gaming, you know
1: yeah
2: i um I really enjoyed the the social interaction, especially the one on one that that sort of competitive but really friendly vibe that you get from someone across the table and um and especially when you're playing with someone that is good at kind of uh creating narrative about what's happening like the dice roll and then you go oh that's kind of funny like that that means that this would have happened or whatever and you kind of create a story across the table as well and then um yeah and then uh, over lockdown level four um actually before i started playing with these guys um i got roped into a, a DD um one D session and one uh sort of cyberpunk ish session but it was the system called um shadow of the beanstalk is the genesis system have you ever heard of that mm-hmm. yeah so i did a session of that and um i quite like the the dice system that they used with the threat and advantage as well as the success and failure
1: yeah it you know it's hard to get into some of those the the side game or the not so popular or in-depth uh side games like that but it's interesting to pull a lot of the uh, different aspects from these games, and that's what I do. I usually like, I'll, I'll start diving into cyberpunk stuff, and then I'll take mm. bits and pieces. Um, I do a lot of from Palladium, uh, GURPS, uh all the D and D editions, and and kind of like mold it into my own world. So I take a little bit from everything, and that's one nice. of those those unique things. So, you know, I haven't really dove down just one uh, module set like cyberpunk. I wouldn't just do just cyberpunk by itself I'd pick how can I mm. twist it and make it more uh fit my world or draw in uh you know my players not so much listeners yeah, because, nice. you know podcast and streaming is, is it's not new but for the for the D&D world or the tabletop world it's a new avenue for people to just uh you know you have people around your table looking down and and like your audience you know listening to what mm. you're doing so I I always try to think of a way to pull those folks in. And that's why I just take a little bit from here and call Cthulhu. And uh, that's what draws people into it, which is pretty unique. Um, But yeah, I'm looking at the cyberpunk stuff now, the newer, I'm used to the very old cyberpunk. uh, And it it looks pretty cool. They got quite a few books out. Um, Mm. The system was nice. I like their system
2: yeah yeah because it's um have you have you sort of compared the rule sets very much to what you know of it from the original cyberpunk
1: no i haven't dove into the new one yet so mm. uh give me a couple months and i'll probably yeah
2: we'll yeah. compare notes yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's,
1: it's like comparing second edition dungeons and dragons to fifth edition yeah yeah, there's, yeah. Such, there's big differences
2: in, oh yeah yeah my understanding of it is that the Cyberpunk grid has been pared down quite a lot to make it a lot more streamlined. Uh, uh, from what I from what I heard, the original Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk twenty twenty was really gritty and really um, intricate, especially the combat.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, combat's always one of those interesting things. Again, in in most of the the t- different types of of you know role playing games. Uh, it, it's all about how your table brings the combat uh, and understands like the flow of it. I think D anD D does a, a decent job, but uh, I, I like I like percentage tables versus uh, skill set because uh, I think you got more of a chance when you're rolling percentage dice over mm. uh, doing the skills, and it's more realistic. And you can have more skills. Uh, so I yeah, think sure. it really it really depends on what like how your table adapts to the combat system yeah yeah you know either way combat's the same until you start rolling on your sheet uh in every game basically yeah you look at it that way but uh that's why I, i take a little bit of uh i have percentages in my fifth edition game uh and i'm slowly rolling out new skills that they're getting in zone two uh four skills like obsession i added the skill obsession it's a percentage based thing i have a few more that as they continue down their path, they'll get percentage-based uh, skills because I like those more than that's cool. You know, roll inspiration. Oh, you got a d20 plus your modifier, and then, you know, it just lowers your chances of it actually happening. Uh, yeah, and it, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to when someone is very creative and how they're using that inspiration, and they roll like a four or whatever, uh, and you take that away from them. But for story-wise, I want to hear how they they. Uh, like how they invest that skill, uh, yeah. in doing it. So yeah, definitely, I definitely like to implement other uh, games strategies for combat or just regular, you know, interact playing interactions, basically.
2: Yeah, I like that, man. I, I tried to do something similar with the Cyberpunk Red campaign and um, uh, introducing something similar to the the Advantage and Threat system by just getting um these guys to roll a d6 beside a check um and on a one we'll uh, call it a trip and on a six we call it a um a rush and uh basically it has nothing to do with the action that they did but it's just a negative or a positive uh spin on whatever's going on around them. just that just an opportunity to kind of push that narrative um fluff
1: yeah definitely oh, and that and that's one of the unique things is, you know, when you have listeners uh, for YouTube, Twitch, and podcasting, uh, you know, some of your listeners want to go buy the book and, and, and they want to listen to, you know, d like how it's supposed to be done for the book. And you have a lot of people that love the creativity on how to play. So it's really hard to combine both of those things because your mm. audience is so broad. Uh, and you want to try to appeal to everybody. But you're also wanting to bring it back to the original home of the table and your group and having fun while you're doing it. Mm, uh, mm, so mm. I, I think it's interesting to to try to move things around. And because you're never, you're never gonna make everybody happy unless you're doing, uh, you know, an entire fifth edition source book, we're mm. only gonna do, uh, you know, this system and we're going to play it by the book. And mm, I don't mm. I don't listen to those ones cuz I can do that myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um but so what what's your what what's another show? I mean, obviously besides, you know, the the normal nerds, what what uh what's your D&D campaign like?
4: Uh, tell us, Jimmy. It's, tell us. It's, it's on its way. <laughs> um, I think I think I agree where the rules really turn people off. And for me, when I first jumped into playing D and um, I think it was like someone was playing third edition and they were like obsessed with it. So I I jumped into a game with them, and the rules and the combat took forever, and there was all these small subtleties that I just couldn't get on with. So I was like, man, this game's just not for me, even though I love the concept. Um, so I've decided now that I'm running a game for these guys that I'm not picking up the player's handbook. I'm not picking up the dungeon dungeon master's guide. Um, I'll just look up the stuff that I need online um, real quick, and then uh, if it applies, if it seems interesting, then I'll now I'll, I'll check it in. But uh, the rules are just it's all it's all mostly homebrew. Um, yeah, I just, I just grab like storylines, I think, from certain things. So at the moment we're doing a, uh, ocean based campaign oh, nice.
1: um,
4: in a, in a world that's kind of in my head. Um, but then, uh, I've grabbed like campaign sources from like, uh, ghosts of salt marsh or something like that, or, um, pieces from other places and just say, oh no, it's on an Island now, instead of in a big city, that sort of thing. Um, so that's where, that's where we're at now. um, but I'm very lucky that we have a we have a group of people that care more about their characters' storylines than how powerful their character is.
1: Right. I think the fifth edition did an excellent job with implementing the backstory. Backstories have been there forever. Second edition, yep. it was a percentage table uh but it didn't dive into that thing you would look at the secondary skills and it might give you one or two little things on there but it wasn't in depth and then so people didn't really go in depth on their characters mostly because it took three hours to make a character and then i always say if you were a wizard you'd only have 1d4 hit points and if you sucked on the roll and you didn't have good charisma you could literally only have one hit point or two and you know you Fell walking out of a door, and uh, that's it. Your character is dead. So, like, people didn't invest right, yes. a lot.
2: That's the, Jordan
1: uh, 100%. Jordan's character is currently, <laughs> his max HP is four at level three. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
4: Uh, but that was yeah. like a personal choice.
3: But that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's <laughs> a complete.
1: <laughs> I, you know, and I like that because it really pushes the individual to play their character to the fullest because you become careful on what you do instead of being like a barbarian with like 12 hit points or up maybe up to 19 if you have yep. uh, if you max on on dexterity or your charisma constitution and uh, and your dice roll so yeah. it, it's one of those things where you want to uh, at low level like like I always say I love people from second edition that have played wizards and that's their craft because you might only have one hit point but they're so good at their character that when they make level like five or ten they they own combat it is very right, hard yeah. to kill them because they're very methodical about how they do things because they still only have maybe at level 10 35 hit points uh yeah but they can do 28 d6 or you know something like chain lightning and it's outrageous it's like making d6's rain. Uh, but they're very good at what they do. So I, I admire people that play low hit point characters because it really <laughs> tests their yeah. ability to play the character. It, yeah. It,
4: I yeah. think it's more role play for Jordan, though, unfortunately. He's obsessed with uh, fairy lights and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, and combat, you know. He's like, wow. a combat. he's obsessed, man.
2: <laughs> he's obsessed yeah. with running away from combat. He, he role plays that real well.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, every character I make has some sort of stupid gimmick. Like the monk I made with no dex and only charisma. So, like, I always try to make <laughs> really stupid characters, but try to make them work. Yeah, I
4: mean, Seth is the barbarian
3: way. that Kelly mentioned earlier, right? Earlier, and then yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. you're just this tough guy." That was Seth in our first campaign.
2: Hundred <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> percent. We're still getting used to that not being around anymore.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I I love barbarians. I'm very when I play as an actual character in people's game, and I'm in a few international games, uh, I play very simple uh, barbarian, fighter, um, humans. Like I keep it, re- or dwarf, I keep it really down to earth because that's what keep I grew up banana? playing right. and I love it. Uh, when I did d d in a castle, I played a gnome barbarian. That was probably the trickiest. Cause my, <laughs> the DM's <laughs> like, how creative can you be? Because I've been playing D&D for 31 years and I was like, I got you. And when I came to the thing, <laughs> he's like, what, what is that? And I, I had a lot of fun with it. And then when people would come and fight our table, they'd be like a known barbarian. That's such a weird, I'm like, I yeah. know I don't have, I'm not trying to max the character by giving them like, you know, if you manipulate the system 5e is really easy, easy to manipulate yes. to max yeah. out uh, characters. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I like my players to get creative with, they're not so creative where it's like outside of the realm of like functional but like to do a <laughs> twist where you can play a barbarian gnome and pull it off and survive you know to the end and you know i was like oh that's what i like to do i, I like to keep it simple but i'll put that weird big twist uh yep. in it. and i hate magic uh what's your guys's thought on the fifth edition magic system or any of the D D magic system
4: Magic, uh, it's a little bit rough, I think. Um, It's it's either extremely overpowered or just not useful at all. And I think when people find out that it's not useful at all, um, they don't use it ever again. And then uh, when they find out that it's overpowered, that's all that they do for the rest of the campaign. Um, So, I mean, we've got, I think, two spellcasters on our team now. And uh, they're all right. Um, But we have people doing Eldritch Blast from... 50 meters away (laughs) and that's not I mean that's I mean it works but you know it's one of these things that you really have to put the time and effort into thinking about you know when you're when you're setting up combat
1: yeah one of my biggest pet peeves is if I have magic players in the table that they pre know what their spell is because when their turn comes around already they already know they're gonna do something but if they stop the game to read up on a spell and so for a podcast or a stream. Uh, I always ask them, so what's that spell do? We all, I mean, we, we all kind of know what all the spells do because uh, we use them so much. But I like the the, the player to explain it to the, the community uh, instead of just saying, I cast fireball and roll dice. Like, now I, yeah, I make yeah. everybody. So what does it do? Tell me how the spell works. How did you pull the magic? Because in my world, magic is living. And so they have to draw the magic from the the... Uh, environment around them so it's either from the ground if they cast fireball they're pulling it from a fire near them or a torch or a lighter you know they're explaining how that spell is activated and how it's flowing and when it does its thing but it's really put a lot of pressure on them to like cast the spell and know how to present it because uh they know yeah. that i don't like magic that much and in- unless you can pull <laughs> it off really nice um because i've always had a lot of people I'm gonna do. Hold on, let me read the spell, and we'll sit there for like eight minutes. I'm I'm very patient when it comes to that because I don't want to make someone feel like, <laughs> oh, he's yelling at me. I don't want to be here at the table. So I'm like, at the end, I'll be like, hey, can you, if you know you got spells, can you just uh you know research it all before you come up or have them on cue cards like for uh, fourth edition, uh you know you had your spells out there, you can just flip it out and be like, I'm doing this, uh, and a I, I fifth has them too. Uh, but yep. I was like, you need to yeah. buy a spell deck so that yeah. you you have the spell in front of you. Uh, and so all my players, I believe, have spell decks or are prepped themselves to, like, when their turns up, they're going to do this. We're mm. lucky
4: that we have uh D&D Beyond um, yeah, the I mean, app on the phone. Yeah. So it's super useful because they can just pull their spells out pretty quick and have a read through them.
1: Yeah, and that's one cool thing about 5th edition and... You know, we we're talking about how, like, you, you're not pulling out of all the main books and pulling a lot of stuff, you're building your your world. Uh, I almost bought the legendary pack when I started the first podcast, and then mm-hmm. uh, one of my friends that's been playing with me for he, I got him started 20 years ago, and, and they're like, Why? Uh, I was like. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) And so I did (laughs) buy it because I'm not going to look at all that. I just want to have the ability to share that in the campaign so everybody can go through it. And I still might do it. And when people join my games, uh, they'll have access to all the books and all that. But I won't sit there and go through all the books finding stuff because I don't like doing that. So it's one of those things where uh, it is important to when you're doing a homebrew that you don't necessarily need every source book uh or a DD book or a cyberpunk book um maybe the core ones like the player's handbook and the dm's guide uh, and the monster manuals i have all the monster manuals from all the editions from first all the way to the fifth because i like the monsters and everything so that's the only yeah, one where yeah, i'm consistently yeah. pulling from uh yeah so i love like, reading it <laughs> yeah the group's like hey, what, what edition monster manual is that is that a first edition monster manual because i the way I tier my game is first edition or legendary, and as each progress up, the you know the uniqueness of the of the book. So magic items from first edition are legendary or or artifacts, uh, and then all the way up to like fifth and and stuff like that. So I I implement a lot of that uh, style or approach of uh, I- introducing things. So not everything comes out of fifth edition. Because uh, some of it's mm-hmm. a little corny. Some uh, some of the magic yep. doesn't make sense. Um, or yep. items. Which is... And having a podcast, I'm able to source a bunch of people that make a lot of content for D&D. Not through Wizards of the Coast, but of their own Kickstarters and stuff like that. So I have a lot of their, their books that I pull from. And uh, hmm. use. Because they got some cool monsters. Uh, I inter- interviewed a guy that... He his approach to building this monster manual was to go to the artist and say, hey, uh, I want this creature drawn. This is my world. And he gave him the the world outline. The artist had 100% control of what they created for the character. And then he built the monster around the picture. Uh, it oh, yeah. Yeah. came out really cool. Uh, I tried doing that. It, it was a little weird. I'm still going to use it. but uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe I need to put a little, little bit of emphasis of what I want, but... Uh...
4: <laughs> a little bit janky. But... <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But my world's all messed up and changed and like a different design. So I, I, I bring all that in. Uh, so do you guys do your own art or do you outsource uh, artwork?
2: We have, Not out the of name. the five of us, we have four animators on the team. Uh, but we haven't gotten to yet. No one's yet. drawn in a single. Yeah.
1: One. <laughs> <laughs> and that's paying us. <laughs> and it's really cool to to animate your stuff. Oh, I would love to get into animating some of my uh, characters and stuff. I I have a few artists that I go to. Uh, I just got my world map built or my zone two map built and she did an amazing job. She just sent the okay. uh, the the three hundred uh pixel thing and it's two oh, yeah. foot by three foot uh map that i'm mm-hmm. gonna cut and put in my book uh but it, you know and then another artist he does all the character art but he's he's part of uh the lost or not lost, um dark world so they're really scary looking uh okay and that's part of the the lost lauren mark Reinhagen's making an entire new uh Game system other than Masquerade, uh, but it has those things, and so his artists are really good. So I sourced some of those folks to to do some of my character art, and, and I, I think I it's think important. Uh,
4: yeah, I ahead. think we'd jump more into that when when we're more confident playing the game um, as a team. Um, yeah, fair because right. I, I, the problem is we don't want to we don't want to start animating and drawing characters and then have them die. Uh, yeah, episodes, you know. Is
2: that happens a lot. That's happened quite frequently in this new yeah. campaign. Yeah, yeah. So
4: I mean I mean like for for example, our latest death, actually the last uh playthrough that we did, um a guy shot himself out of a ballista
1: and nice. expected
4: to take no damage from it. You know, <laughs> as what we see, you know. So like we, I'm not drawing anything for you, yeah, because you're gonna like keep launching yourself out of uh siege
1: weapons,
2: you know. Oh man. That was uh, a good session. That was a good session. Yeah.
1: I for years uh, I was everybody was fearing death that's the big thing in d and uh so when you're around your regular table and the character dies it's no big deal but when you start streaming and do all the bigger things uh you know you invest and get a character drawn or whatever and then they die yeah. and you're like what do I do now I can't bring him back I just paid someone to make this character uh, yeah, the yeah, guy we'll who be,
3: died it has a, a mini a special mini that oh, popped yeah. it up. i've got <laughs> i've got
2: the mini right here oh, yeah. <laughs> nicely,
4: painted, nicely yeah. painted yeah so
2: i'm i'm the miniature painter of the group and this is him here
1: oh man yeah, yeah, we may as well
2: just
4: burn him up
1: <laughs> yeah I, I always joke with people like do, as the DM, you just walk over with the book and go okay, okay. and you smash the mini real quick and you just drop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I could do that because I have a three D printer, so I just reprint the mini for that. <laughs> <laughs> and and there you go, or bring one that I just printed off that has no paint on it, and I take theirs away that's the and stuff. I smash it, and yeah, uh,
0: that's the stuff.
1: That's so what i did in my world is that i i took that fear of your character dying right away so i and mm. i brought in a, a like a video game aspect where you have save points and you can respawn if you die uh but your character sheet you, you give me a copy of the character sheet once you save and so if you die in between save points then uh i just give you back the character sheet that you had and then you still have to go to your body if you're if the team didn't gather all your stuff, uh, you still have to go get all your gear from you know your body. Right. Yeah. Uh, man, does
2: does your does your world need a mayor of Poundtown? Because Tyrell yeah. so keen on that game system. He's yeah. a mayor. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. respawn. I'm in.
1: Yeah, I have a I have a character kind of similar to his name's Hank. Uh, and he has a shotgun. <laughs> and he's got a he's just a, a brutal guy that runs around. And so in my world, everybody has like a bracer it's kind of like the video game style. So it has your hit points, like you can see your actual hit points. You can, uh, it tracks people and you can call people. Everybody has cell phones in my world. Uh, and then you can, there's a lot that your bracer can do. It tracks all your money. And then as you get sucked in the game, you basically take your, your, uh, credit card or whatever, kind of like steam that it's attached to. And that's how you get your money so if you die on right. the real world, then you stop getting a paycheck every month, and then you have to start making money within the world. Uh, but I, I introduced those kind of aspects to the game to give everybody a chance. And then if you die, you respawn. But then I took from the Call of Cthulhu where you'll take insanity, insanity, insanity damage because everybody has one hundred percent sane every time you die, you lose a, a d die. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, number. right, yeah. And then a, that's where your your death comes in. You can regain sanity, but you have to do a shit ton of stuff to get that. So I didn't want to make everybody immortal, but eventually they start taking minuses as they pass the 50% mark and Mm. they can't concentrate. So they're a spellcaster. So everybody really takes that. uh, They're very wild in their game, uh, in the game, because (laughs) they don't have to worry about the death. We lost a person in episode two because he jumped out of a car and he got to. Decapitated, so there's no way they could bring him back.
3: Yeah, Tyrone uh, needs to play with you, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and yeah, a bus had to bring him back to the fight, like a school bus. He, he had to get on the short bus to get back to the, to the yeah, short nice, bus. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh And then he found his body, and he's like, oh, super sad. Yeah, there's no way I could have came back from that. Uh, <laughs> and then his character died in the real world, and I had a voice actor play his boss that found him as he was bleeding out everywhere and I faded it away. Mm. So, um, it's one That's of awesome. those unique things. Yeah. Cause you put quite
2: a lot of, um, uh, audio into your, your episodes. Right? Uh, I
1: think your microphone's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, microphone's given out.
2: Uh, it has to, sorry yeah. guys.
1: That's all right. Yeah. I put, I invest a lot of time in, in, uh, adding sound effects and I get voice actors. So like my players will play the the session. There's nothing in there. And then in post they re-listen to the episode because there's music, there's sound effects for opening and closing doors. Uh, one character he got, uh, he, his face went through a windshield. So I had the whole process of his face going through the windshield. Uh, uh, That's cool, man. And then I fade their voices. Yeah. So if they're outside and people are inside, I fade the voice of the person outside. So you can, you hear them like if they're outside of the room. So it's a lot mm-hmm. of work, but that's how, you know, with their current, you know, podcasting and stream, well, you can't really do it streaming, but podcasting, that's how you get your listeners is you, you, you take that, yeah. that audio movie and give it to them that way. So uh, I'm not just recording and being like, okay. And then throwing it out to the ether and hopefully we get people to, to follow and listen. So yeah. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. Idea. Do you guys do any editing and, uh, for your show? I haven't got to uh, dive oh, too deep into everything.
4: Not particularly, right? Our editing at the moment is quite baseline, I would say. Yeah. Just to edit out noise, like background noise, that sort of thing. So nothing, right. nothing too serious. I think we definitely have the capability to do it. Um, yeah. It's just at the moment, because we're so fresh into it, we're uh, just gaining small things as time goes on.
1: Yeah, they got some pretty neat software that takes all those pauses, uh, those gaps, uh, and it cuts them all the gaps out of your recording, so it sounds smooth. Not not everything, oh. but it does pretty good. Because uh, everybody's like, "Oh man, your cast is really witty. They're on it." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ended the dark a was two period. minutes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll sit there and I'll be like, "All right, hey Jason, roll D 20 and he'll be doing something. I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, it's your microphone." He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm Jason." And you know, I cut that out. they're sitting there trying to add up dice. And I'm like, "No one wants to sit here and listen to you struggle with math." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I cut Get a lot of that out, um, and yeah. I keep a lot of so, it in too. At the moment, we're just
4: streaming D and D, and our podcast is literally just random topics um so i think when we start to merge the two and i think we will at some point um that's really when we'll get more in depth into it but like i say i think we want to practice a little bit more mm-hmm. how to play as a team and especially in front of an audience but at the moment because we we do have an active chat at times it's uh, quite distracting as well because you want to interact yeah but then you also want to focus on the game as well
1: yeah i i have living in my tiny village in germany uh I only have eight meg up and down for uh, internet because I'm in the middle of nowhere and they won't sell me like the really good internet because it's illegal for Germany to, you know, deceive you. Unlike the States, they'll give you like the best internet knowing that you can't have it. So I don't Twitch stream or anything (laughs) like that because I want that quality. Uh, I don't like those gaps. We recorded an episode a couple of days ago for, and we had so many gaps with the internet because my players are in Norway, Germany, Canada, and the States that I'm like, we might have to redo it. I know that episode was amazing. I'll cut it up and put it on the Patreon. as like, like little stories, uh, Mm. because we had so many gaps that I I can't, I tried to take these long pauses and shrink them down, but they were talking on their side. And so I didn't hear what they were saying. So it, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, streaming is really nice. I like I have a, a few shows on my network that our streamers going to podcast and uh, they want to do that so that they can put audio sound effects and uh, clean up their shows because as cool as Twitch and YouTube is, well, YouTube, you can you can edit some but Twitch, yeah. you literally can only put background sounds and if you have a really good system, you can probably have some noises uh, occur during it but uh, you, you can't take back what you say on, on Twitch. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. On yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, behavior. yeah so, <laughs> which I think kind of takes away from the game. Cause everybody yeah. gets, they get into the game, right? We're, we're not malicious folk, but when you're hanging out with your friends, you <laughs> say a bunch of stuff cause you're at your own table, but now you yeah, have an yeah. audience. Yeah. And so again, your audience dictates uh, if you survive or not. Uh, yeah, and, that's true. Yeah. yeah. We've had
4: to redo a few podcasts, I think. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, oh, we'll take that again.
1: You know, yeah. I, I, I'll, when I edit, I'll take a section and I'll bring it to the group in, in uh Facebook chat. And I'd be like, listen to this. What do you think? I don't know if we should put it in there. <laughs> is, that you? Uh, just, <laughs> like, is, is everybody good? You know, cause I have, uh, three girls and and three guys and so uh and we get pretty rowdy so i like to i don't want anybody getting offended um or something of that nature where they're like oh i don't do that cause some of them are teachers in my group and and
2: yeah, stuff yeah. like mm-hmm.
1: that so like they don't advertise all their instagram and all that stuff because they're an educator and they don't want their students finding them yep. and be like oh my god you're a weirdo uh, <laughs> yeah, so cool. <laughs> yeah, she, she plays an artificer, uh, uh, sorcerers or she's undead, and she's always making Call of Cthulhu jokes and like undead jokes, and she's collecting skulls and stuff like that. And she doesn't want. Yeah, so the, hilarious. If, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious
2: if she was a teacher, but she was like real mean to her students in the game or something.
1: Right, right. She's right. a bigot. Yeah, yeah. So, oh boy, well, she plays a fifteen-year-old uh and she does a really oh, good, good voice and she's english uh it's uh, it's really interesting to have her play a little kid's voice and then when i found out she's a teacher uh, yeah, I'm like true. oh this is your way of just getting back at you know your kids and everything yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah you know it's one of those things when you edit and you produce a podcast and a show that you know you have to look at your table and go okay in today's climate on a world stand i mean in new zealand i don't know like could like in the states, you say the wrong thing and you, you're going to jail, uh, or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you're completely destroyed. They'll destroy you like that. Uh, I don't know how the atmosphere is in New Zealand, but I feel like it's yeah. getting there. It's getting It's, there, get, right? yeah, it's getting up
2: there. there. By and large, most people are pretty chill, but you know, it, it spreads pretty quick. Yeah. And yeah. like you say, like the, the audience is kind of the boss. If they don't like what you're saying, they're just going to leave. And then you got nothing.
1: They'll leave or they start writing those reviews and those reviews mm. will dictate like uh, the algorithm for Apple. And most of those, they'll promote your show internally. Uh, if you have good ratings, if you have five yeah. stars uh, and these people yeah. start writing things, uh, you get to a certain point. No one knows what the algorithm is, but mm. yeah. When they when people search for a podcast like a D and D podcast, you might show up on the top ten. You might not Mm -hmm. be the top ten, but currently in that particular moment, you're really well liked, and so they'll they'll push you out there. So you got a bunch of negative ones. You're never going to hit that algorithm, and then people have to like hunt for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those things. Again, wait for our first negative. Yeah, uh, That's coming. That's coming. and it is horrifying i had someone write in uh they had put an angry face they didn't write anything it was a post How on passive Facebook. aggressive <laughs> yeah and yeah, they just put an angry face next to i think i was something about i was something like episode one just posted and I, people like people write thumbs up smiley and then the one angry face and i immediately was like who's that <laughs> and then i went and found their page uh and they're I started reading all their stuff and I realized that they're one of those people that want to escalate. They want to push. Boundaries. Oh, yeah. They want to see what you do. Mm, uh, yeah. and I was like, oh, I got to step you back. You angry I can't with my do or what? No, no, I, didn't do <laughs> I almost. I was I like, I will destroy kids. you, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I didn't. Uh, but yeah, so when you do get that first negative comment, it really hits you, especially if you're producing the show and you're like, what did I do wrong? And no, like yeah. no one wrote anything. But that simple face, I it just mm. told me I made a shitty episode. And I'm like, that's episode mm. one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh,
2: 25 more in the
1: bank. Yeah, yeah, and so you can't really like judge everything. But again, as we make these online streams and podcasts and shows, uh, you know, you still got to get back to the roots of it's your table. You're having fun, but you just have spectators and. You know, it's just one of those things where you do have to be yeah. cautious because uh, whatever what you guys as a group thinks funny and hilarious, and you know each other forever, uh, you know that one person out there might not and can yep, destroy yeah. things. And so, when I first started, I was more about the podcast, so I'd make everybody stop. I'm like, "Oh, let's redo this," and, and so I can put it in for the podcast. And eventually, they're like, "Can we just play?" And I immediately was like, "Oh my god, I've all right, you're right. I'll do it all in post." I'll put my twist mm. on posts, and that's when I got in deep into editing and and doing that because again, it's about playing the game and having fun mm. and enjoying it. Uh, I think so, we
4: we we had that discussion as well. Like, uh, if it came to it, what's more important—that we're playing the game as a group, because that's what we started with—we just mm. like playing the game, you know, or you know, this audience building thing. And I think if, if we had to choose between the two, we'd just go back to playing the game yeah as, as yeah. we did
1: yeah yeah a lot of people uh, they'll leave podcasts for a while because they want to rebuild uh the foundation of the game which which is good I I currently don't have any I a few games that I play and we don't record or anything and sometimes I just feel like ah oh, I'm a player and I don't have to like uh think about how long it's going to take me to produce this episode uh and what how is it going to fit into the storyline that we're doing if we like venture off a little bit uh, hmm. so sometimes it's nice just to not record and just play and and do that but then i'm like oh i want to do a second edition D game using fifth edition rules i'm going to take all of our players from uh 97 and i'm going to bring them They're level 30 i'm going to bring them into a fifth edition world make a podcast and then i'm like that's like five podcasts can i do this Uh, (laughs) but i want to play those games again but i want to share that with with everybody and i think you know podcast is one of those things that as a dm storyteller gm whatever you you title yourself now you just want to get out there to the world because you do start having people emailing and making fan comments and uh, character art that's i'm waiting for that to happen i, I was like oh, i want to get some fan art and see what people's interpretations mm. are of, oh yeah yeah of yeah, yeah um on our patreon i have a brainstorm section so for six bucks a month you get a bunch of cool things and we have a dice maker uh but Wicked. you do a 30 you do a 30 minute brainstorming with me and i did one last night and the the person that was doing all the stuff they came up with like a A belt and doing a phone call to mess with one of the people during combat uh and then just listening to them tell me about you know the podcast and what they liked about it at different points and stuff i forgot that they're like oh what about this why did this person get this set of boots and they didn't switch with this person and it was amazing to hear uh someone else's feedback that isn't part of your little group about your show so it was really nice to to get that kind of uh information and i never met the person and that's the first time meeting him was lo- last night and so it's very unique and it just made me want to produce more and, and put more content mm-hmm. out there uh, that's
2: really cool man yeah.
1: yeah i think if you guys the way you guys are going is a good approach especially if you're doing uh cyberpunk and D homebrew world you know that, that possibly two two shows right there uh that you could do depending if you have the time to produce those uh products but yeah well for us it's been so sorry no go
2: ahead Uh, for us it's been kind of a journey of figuring out how to produce the content in a way that we can publish it because um like jimmy said we started out just playing the game and um it was actually jordan's jordan's idea his soft pitch that got us sort of recording in the first place and the whole the whole idea was just we're doing it anyway um we'll just record it and see what happens. And it's been quite a journey figuring out the simplest intruding on the game. Like we tried, we tried a couple um, different variations of filming the sessions. One of them being with actual video cameras and um, it ended up being like such a massive mission, you know, it was, it it would have been amazing quality video, (laughs) but it would have ended up being like 14 hours of footage to edit through every session, you know? (laughs) So um yeah we've we've found that you know Twitch is um it's a it's a really efficient way of being able to capture the game without intruding on it too much yeah. um but now it's a matter of figuring out how to um make the most of that content and be able to release it in the, in all the forms that we can with you know the the quality that we want to achieve
1: Yeah I it's one of those things that uh, I I want to do Twitch and I don't because you have a live audience right there And unfortunately, it's in a chat room format. Uh, And so you basically have to have another person on the side out of view of the camera responding to these folks, because if you're running the show at the same time and I've seen this, I can watch Twitch. I just don't want to stream it because I'll lag out. But Mm. I see a lot (laughs) of the DMS, they'll sit there and they'll be given their story and they'll stop and they'll, they'll start typing or immediately stop the story and start talking about this comment that someone made. Mm. And I feel like that really takes away from the game. And so some yeah. folks are really cool about it. Like when they go on their break or they have a pause in the situation where the DM's like, okay, you guys are traveling to this area. Hey, while you guys are going there, such and such in the chat is going like they find a way to cut it in there. And it's yeah it's yeah. more organic than stopping your campaign and going, oh, you know, this this person in the chat said this and yeah. this because you're trying to get all those uh, I don't know understand the system yet how it really works but like to get their points or whatever to to do stuff yeah. they have to get mentioned and all that so
4: that's fairly accurate I would say yeah at, at the moment um because you start off so small you kind of have to respond
1: right. otherwise
4: that's a potential person that's he you and said hey what's up and you've just ignored them and their yeah. immediate reaction is to be out there at guard. It's like, like whatever, it's not,
1: it's not next extreme. Because everybody likes yeah. to be mentioned, yeah. right? Everybody wants to have yeah. their yeah. Uh, thing. And you know. so I feel like I always have to communicate with everybody. So I try to stay in contact with everybody that all these interviews that I've done, they're all Facebook friends now. And it, it, everybody's coming at me from like all over the world, you know, asking questions. And then, you know, I help them out with stuff and where I ask them a question. So I, I try to get back to every single person I can, because I never want to be mm, that person. Mm. If we have a huge audience to be like someone else will handle it, you know, I got the blue dot. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, It's one of those things where you got to remember that, because I'm one of those people that, that uh, if you ignore me and I'm trying to like help you or, or, you know, give you an appraisal for what you're doing and you just blow me off, I'll just be like, all right, well, obviously it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. And never yeah. contact them again or try to go down that path to build like a relationship. And I'm not saying you have to do that with everybody, but if you're doing a Twitch stream, you kind of have to uh, in your room because they're going to tell their friends and their friends are going to, yeah. and then you'll mm. you build your audience. Uh, yeah. I have a friend that he does a masquerade game, uh, Vancouver by by night. And he had Matt Mercer on his show uh, for one of the episodes. And he had, I think he said 1400 or 14,000. I have to go back and listen uh, in his room. And so Uh, literally had people on the side, just like typing away, answering questions uh, of the situation. Uh, that was unfolding, yeah. and I was like, "That's a smart way to do it." You know, have some some producer on the side answering questions, making it sound more uh, generic, uh, getting getting that feedback, <laughs> yeah. and keeping that audience. Yeah. And he's he's like, mm-hmm. "I kept a lot of those people. They continuously come back to the show. Not that volume, but he might have got a few hundred. And getting a few hundred in a Twitch stream, I I feel like is a lot to to. Yeah, yeah that's huge. Yeah, that's yeah,
4: plenty. Yeah, it's plenty."
1: Yeah. So uh, I think how you run a Twitch is important that you not only play the game, but can work the dynamics of how to uh, make it work all around versus a podcast where you're not sitting there answering questions or you're not live uh, chatting with folks. Uh, I know Mm. there's a way to do it. Uh, I want to start doing something where I can have a room uh, while we're recording uh, but not video and you know, uh, YouTube or something and people can, not YouTube, but a, like a Facebook group or a Zoom group where they can be in the Zoom and listen to the show as it's happening. And, uh, you know, yeah,
4: like a live podcast type deal. Yeah.
1: yeah, but without all the dynamics of having all the background and music, I don't do a lot of, uh, mm. I do a lot of editing and a lot of stuff, but I don't have maps. I don't, I try to describe as best possible to the player uh, of the environment but when you start using D&D Beyond and Roll20 at the same time again your internet slows down and then all of a sudden people mm. get stuck with the I got the hexagon I got you know they start thinking about their movements and you give them too many graphics and they're more focused on how they're going to navigate the mm. graphics and not you know play the game and then as an editor, I have to cut all that dead space of like, hmm, what am I going to do? do? I'm like, no one wants to hear you brain think out loud. It's uh, <laughs> more work for me Move to it do. on, man. Yeah. So, you know, I do, it's cool that you guys started on the Twitch, uh, YouTube side. I think that's important to start there. Uh, it, it's like the higher end. A lot of people start the other way around. I'm starting the other way around. Uh, hmm. But if you can pull it off, at that level, uh, transitioning to where you're editing your show and putting out the content because you're going to be able to do more with it. If you can mm. master YouTube and, and Twitch, then it's gonna you're, you're going to get more people listening to the podcast because you're going to be able to edit all that extra stuff out, and that's what's going to draw in more of a crowd. Because, again, we all listen to podcasts, uh, some more than other podcasts because of their editing. And how they're making it into a story versus, uh, I recorded three hours of D and D and I throw it on there. You're not going to get a lot of listeners, but if you mm. take that three hours and cut it down into hour and a half sections and you edit and you put sound effects and background noise and, you know, people want to listen to that. It's like a, uh, like a, a book on tape, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's just, but it's evolving every week, which is nice. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm
2: kind of I'm quite a big fan of the audio um, versions of D campaigns. I listened to a couple of the Star Wars RPG campaigns as well. There's some really good stuff out there, man. People have done some amazing, amazing series. Our our podcast kind of evolved out of the chats that we'd always have before a DD session. That's kind of what it ended up becoming was just us talking about, you know, stuff that we've been into or what has been happening in our in our week or what's been happening in the um video game announcements or just bits and pieces and that kind of became just our show week to week and at, at a certain for, for a little while there it became um easier to get together and do a podcast and have a lot of fun and have that that discussion and stuff than get together and commit to a three or four hour dnd session and so we ended up having a stretch of just getting together doing the podcast you know because those it was, it was, those discussions were so much fun to have
1: yeah. yeah. Right. So when you guys start doing actual episodes, are you going to, how long is each episode? So you do a three hour recording. That's what we do weekly. And I cut that into two episodes, uh, maybe mm. three, if it's too weird to, uh, have those, sometimes we go to almost four hours and then I'll cut it into three, but what, what's your mm. goal for, uh, episode cuts?
2: I'd say the goal, like you say, would be, um, having the content and not a bite size, but definitely more approachable chunks. You know, when you see like a, a three hour YouTube video, you're like, man, there's no way I'm getting through it. And if I get through it, there's no way I'm paying attention to the whole thing, oh, you yeah. know, and there's, uh, you know, you, you skip parts or whatever. So I think the goal would be to um, cut things down into, into sections that are concise and just flow. And like you say, cut out all the, all the out loud brain thinking and uh, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. um but yeah, at the moment, it's um, it's it's we're, we're uh, focusing on trying to get the streams as streamlined as we can, and just get yeah. people to commit to decisions. And and um, Tyrell, talking to you, um, you know, like flow on and 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 keep things going. And uh, rather than going, oh, maybe I could do this. Well, what do you guys think? Maybe this is a good idea, or you know, which yeah. which um. Is a natural thing you want to do because you don't want to die. You don't want to make the wrong decision and everybody give right, right. you crap for it. You know, like, oh, why did
1: you do it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, I, I think that's also what makes a stream interesting and fun is when someone does make a bad decision or rolls a one like I do a lot um, right. because everyone has to adapt, everyone has to react to it. And, you know, if a, if a session went perfectly and everyone rolled high and stuff, everyone has a good time except Jimmy and the audience. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think um yeah, it's a matter of just trying to get as much sort of quality content packed into a short amount of time without it feeling rushed, I guess would be the would be the ideal goal. Yeah.
1: Uh yeah, we don't use D and D Beyond or, or Roll 20 to roll dice. I have everybody do it so you can hear the dice shake and roll. And nice. you know, I tell everybody, I'm yeah. like, he, yeah. I, I tell the cast, I'm like, I trust you guys on your rolls. You can either make the episode, you know, really neat. Uh, but if you're always exceeding, you know, eventually people are gonna not wanna. They don't really care yeah. about your character. But you critically fail or fumble, and so sometimes at like a goofy moment, uh, they might intentionally fail to to see if they know they're not gonna like <laughs> die. They'll just you know, just to because I, I twist it to where it's like a comedic moment. Uh, yeah. And and so, you know, I tell them that I'm like, if it's not a deadly one and you critically fail, you're not going to die. But, you know, you're just going to goofily get hammered. And then, you know, two other (laughs) cast members have to carry you. And, you know, and the other two people were trying to help someone else at the same time. And now they have a drunk character because he rolled a one and he's drinking dwarven fire wine and, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Uh, where you know sometimes they exceed a lot more in combat, and in that case, I just make I adjust the bad guys. And uh, again, in my homebrew world, the monsters have different things attached to them. I have a black goo that I have in this area that like uh, they throw in vials, and it, it's kind of like the goo from uh, Star Trek, the pool, the pond that killed that one character It's in my game, so like one guy is being held by the person, and the ogre regurgitated the goo all over the person and then like mm. threw them and so I do I change it up and' they're like, what monster is that I'm like I don't know don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna
4: looking it up ain't they?
1: yeah because you know a lot of people they the everybody has access to all the books now and and that's one of those things that's really hard to uh maneuver around is that everybody can look at the dm's guide or the monster manual and if they if you describe enough of what you're fighting they'll be, they'll look it up they'll see the weaknesses and then all of a sudden they start mm. doing that luckily my players aren't like that because uh, again we're trying to tell a story to everybody else around us and ourselves uh
4: mm. hope my players aren't like that yeah, yeah. Uh, you can uh, never be no. sure <laughs>
1: no okay yeah, yeah and that's <laughs> the come on thing.
2: jimmy you know we're not like that yeah, yeah. Guess, we don't even pay accomplish. attention to your monsters we just go and stage a coup or rig an election or
1: something. Or take that <laughs> yeah, left turn yeah. and... Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You plan yeah. all Monster. this out. And Other way. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, la- yeah. last session you gave us the, the the clue that there was uh, what was it, Krakens or something? And instead, um, Tyrell decided to frame the local blacksmith for murder and we just got into a fight <laughs> on the dock and then he nearly <laughs> died.
1: Yeah, the <waste laughs> time. Yeah, That's the hard part when you have players that are very creative because... I have one creative is
2: a very kind word.
1: Yeah, yes. he, he, he's been playing with me for 20 years and he knows how I function. And so he's always taking that left turn. Uh, yeah. when I start laying the foundation for something, <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to go down. we're, we're going to go this way. And I'm like, that's okay. Because you don't have a map. You don't know what's down that way. <laughs> so I can just flip a lot of, do a lot of DMs, do oh, yeah. lot of DMs yeah. are like, I want you to go down this path. That's like, well, why can't you move the mm. situation over to that one? So a lot of people have struggled with that, and I think it takes a lot of
3: years yeah, to like, do that much, yeah, I <laughs> had a conversation with well. Tom about that recently, actually,
1: yeah, you mm. know you just have to you're like I don't make a lot of notes, I don't do a lot of prep. Uh, I kind of shoot from the hip when it comes to as we play, like I have the foundation of where they're at and what they're doing every episode but I usually just play it by ear because I know a lot of them will take that left turn knowing that I'm trying to get them to go one direction. So a little yeah. psychology. I, they still go in the direction I want because I'm not giving them too much left or right turns uh, or, mm. you know, graphic. <laughs> you know. It gives them a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of ends. I need to cut them down. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I just finished my my map for zone two. It just got sent to me. It's got 122... Uh, icons on it, so like I just built this huge thing where everybody has to get soul shards now in, in this zone to get out of the zone. So they have a, I'm like, you have the world to go to, and it's the flight of dragons. So you have to deal with the flight of dragons and get all these soul shards, and then get to the center tower to to get out of it. So like now I I put the framework of the game there, so like now they know, no matter what direction they go, they're gonna Every path they take, there's going to be a, a job or a mission that they have to do down that one. So I'm like, no left turns because it's it's all on you how fast you want to get through it. <laughs> um,
4: Barovia had like 10, 15 places and you guys still managed to mess that up. You got uh, over 100.
2: Yeah. yeah play, man, play actually, what they're doing. <laughs> we we missed around in Barovia so much. Far out, We we made some strange decisions. <laughs> but it was a good campaign, Jimmy. You did well. You did well yeah. dealing with our madness.
1: Or, or holiday specials that are only supposed to take four episodes and take 12. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, that happened for Christmas and Halloween for me. The, that, that was 24 episodes for both of those put together. they were only supposed mm. to be eight. Um, oh. I was still putting Halloween by Christmas. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Uh. And I let another... One of the players DM Christmas, and she came up with this whole. Uh, she's in Germany here with us, and uh, she did a whole Christmas market, uh, Krampus storyline. I played a character, but I played Cannot, which is Krampus, and, and uh, another name for Krampus. And so they didn't figure that out. And then at the end, I fought the group, uh, and Krampus <laughs> fought the group. I'm like, You bastard! You turned on us. I'm like, hey, yeah, this is an NPC. You had it coming. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's always about the left turn. That's how I look at everything. I'm like, are they going to left turn? Uh, or are they going to stay on path? How can I keep them on path uh, while making the story relevant and, and not yeah, yeah. building, you know, 600 pages of content for the mm. zone and then only using 20 of it because they decided to do something yeah. different. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Get caught up on one vendor that the quest. I put a lot of quests that like, don't go anywhere. They're just there to. Uh, they don't go to the main storyline. I have side quests that they do. It has nothing to do with the main storyline, uh, and they mostly take those. And then they're like, "All right," and they don't get an item at the end that helps them in, in the path. And they're, like, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. they gotta go back. <laughs> you know, they wasted three episodes trying to do that, and it's like, okay, yeah, we should probably yeah. just stick with the main storyline. Uh, yeah it's one way to teach him yeah uh occasionally do the side stuff
2: Um, yeah yeah. that's something that's actually been kind of a bit of a learning curve for me as a newer gm is figuring out what the player buy-in is especially when you've got a party with very mixed kind of goals Mm -hmm. as trying to keep keep goals in mind that'll keep everyone on the same track whereas you know you might have two people that want to Uh, go along with the mission and two people that don't want to do it at all and want to go off and do something completely else. So, um, figuring out how to, how to unify the group and, and keep them, uh, I mean, number one, entertained, of course, but also like exploring material that you've prepared rather than just, uh, like winging it and, and letting the world feel kind of, uh, flat or or unfleshed
1: out, you know, that's a DM's worst nightmare is when your party splits and, multiple directions and yep. yeah, every yeah, time we yeah, get yeah, to a yeah. town everybody's like i want to go here i want to go here i want to go here i'm like you mm-hmm. bastards and they all split up <laughs> i was like okay you can split up i don't know how it's gonna turn out for you but you guys can all split up <laughs>
2: just the first one that splits you like, all right you're dead just deserves yeah, it yeah. will not be tolerated you're <laughs> oh, <well>.
1: screwed <laughs> you know that kind of style. uh i used to do that i used to are you sure you want to leave and, and you know again that's one of those things where it, it, this I my first DM, uh, it was eighty eight, and he his and I was I was just a kid. Uh, my brother got me involved with D and D, and so the DM was like, "Oh, you're not here to have fun. You're here for my entertainment." And that's how I grew up playing D and D. Is like, yeah. I, I yeah. started thinking that you know I had that same philosophy. as like, well, you're here for my enjoyment, not not mm-hmm. yours. And I've changed that since then. Uh, when I started doing more in-depth games and stuff. And then it became about the the parties wants and needs. So I try not to, yeah. if they want to take a left turn or if they want to split up, I'm not going to punish them that much, depending on what they do. If they're trying to do a quest by themselves, uh, and they all know at level 10, which they are, that everything they do is a team effort and they need to work as yeah. a team to accomplish these goals. Sometimes there's like things that people can do individually, but they all kind of understand now that if they venture too far off uh they could end up respawning and if they didn't if they didn't uh save at that current town they might be two or three towns back uh and they don't just portal they're gonna have to figure out a way to get back which would be a side arc of getting back to the group with no equipment
3: (laughs) so this guy on the train for four episodes
1: just (laughs) 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 hold venture to get your own gear but Uh, You know, it's it's a work in progress, and I think you guys are doing great with with your how you you're trying to structure it. You're not trying to jump straight into like we're going to do this, 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 and this, and you know, you're trying to find the legs before you just start putting out stuff, and then not really getting a a following uh, because you just dumped everything out on the on the on the web. So Mm. I think that's cool to build the foundations and. I always have about six episodes of the actual play um, recorded. Mm. Uh, like I just put out episode 28. Well, I have a, episode 32 sitting on my desktop. You know, I, wow. I make sure there's a gap. Uh, and then obviously with the, this podcast, I have 30 something uh, <laughs> interviews. Uh, you know, it's always about having that, that built up case okay, something happens. You, you have yeah. that extra content. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, need to work on
4: our consistency a little bit.
1: Yeah. That's how you put out, like you got to put out, if you do weekly, you got to put out weekly. And I always tell everybody, you want to stay in the top eight, uh, depending on how big your phone is on your podcast. Uh, if you want to stay relevant because most people only look at the top eight shows Mm, that are consistently mm. there because they take so long to get through them. If they're long episodes of Mm. whatever they're listening to, they don't scroll down. So if yeah. you're if you're inconsistent with your posting of episodes, uh, you're gonna drop down their list of people that they listen to, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this podcast," and they go back and they're like, "I don't know what the hell's happening because it's been so long," mm-hmm. uh, and then they that's how you lose them. They just walk away, or they might occasionally download it. And the uh, same thing if your show is too long. Uh, I had a, a friend that they're doing four hour episodes, three hour episodes. I'm like. That's three Whoa. episodes. That's too long. And I couldn't even get into their game because it was so long. And for mm. a Twitch stream, it's hard to, to break those up on the streams. Uh, but people will sit at their desk and they'll watch it and they'll go through that way. But a podcast is on the move. And so mm. you only listen to it to and from work, bathroom, cooking, you know, these 15, 20 minute gaps. And that's how you yeah, exactly. get the audience yeah. attention. Uh, i i I think an hour and a half hour, fifty minutes is like pushing the limits i I try to stay under two uh mm. because I know yeah, yeah. that they're not going to come back, and if they it takes them five or seven days to listen to this episode and I already put out another one, well they're not even going to get to that one yet, and now they yeah. feel like they're getting behind, uh, and then they stop listening because they're I don't know I'm too far behind. Or yeah. they try to listen to the newest episode and they have no idea what's going on. And uh, it, it's all about maintaining that consistent. So if you record and have five or six episodes lined up, if you miss a recording week, doesn't matter. because You still have the episode mm. to put out. Um, and sometimes I hit that bar because I produce a lot of episodes. I might throw a Crumpets and Kerosene out there with just background music and kind of shorten it up. But I won't go in in depth On the sound effects because I need to hit that, you know, that next week I need to have an episode out there. So uh, Mm. it's it's just hard how you gauge it. I'm very critical on myself when it comes to editing. I don't have to be as in depth with it, but I just do it anyway Uh, Mm. because you know those folks are still going to listen if you have background music and and the occasional like opening and closing of doors or spells going off. I love putting spell magic out there and. uh, or bard music, when the bards play their guitar, uh, I'll put a tune in behind their guitar play. And if they sing, uh, I'll give them extra benefits. Uh, our nice. barbarian, he reads a rejection letter from, from school. Because uh, again, all my people were from the real world sucked into the game. So he's a, a failed football star that uh, to go in a rage, he reads a rejection letter from a college. <laughs> uh, and then my wife is the awesome. voice of the rejection person so he's like i open a letter and i read it to go in rage and then in post i'll type it out my wife will read it and then i'll put that in the episode as before That's he awesome. goes into the rage uh but yeah you know things like that are the the creative things that i like to have the players more involved so the bards get music behind them the barbarian has to like read a rejection letter uh the fighter I mean, he doesn't really do much other than, like, shoot his guns. Uh, and I, I put a lot of work <laughs> yeah, into his guns. They're good
4: at that. Yeah.
1: I put a lot of, like, ricochet sounds, like, episode five or six. Uh, they're in a gun battle, and I just have a shit ton of ricochet, <laughs> shotgun glass and, and uh, stuff like that. Copy, paste, people, copy, paste. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, uh, they enjoy that. Or people falling from towers. Um, <laughs> if you shoot a oh, bow, so it's, like, It's five. uh, It's five sound effects for a person to use a bow, and I have to space them out. The draw of the bow, the release of the bow, the impact (laughs) of the bow, or the miss of the bow. uh, You know, stuff like that. So there's a lot of work that comes into combat uh, when you're editing. Versus, I love when we're not in combat because I can edit that episode in two hours and get it out the door. Uh, Mm. if, If I have combat, it might take me six. I'm mm. super critical on that. And again, you don't have to be that that critical to mm. to do that. But like like I was saying, Twitch streams and YouTubes, it's hard to break those down into smaller. But people are more engaged because yeah. they're sitting at a desk, uh, and and they have it in the background. So that's what I do when I work on my school. I listen to a you know YouTuber or something like that, and then when mm. I'm walking around, I listen to a podcast. So it yeah. just it depends on how you want to structure it to keep your audience attention and i think well, you also like you're
2: about. yeah well like you were saying about the longer episodes and stuff i think as soon as your content starts feeling like a, a chore for your listeners then you've lost them as well like if they're like oh, i've got to get through two more hours so i can keep up with the next episode right and or then they start listening it, to it yeah yeah or well, they're 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 almost trying to rush through it, then you've, you've, you've lost them anyway, cause they're not, they're not enjoying it or hanging out for it, you know?
1: Right. And it, and, and that's very true for a lot of shows. Uh, yeah, we didn't really get into too many questions. I feel like I'm going to have you guys back so we can talk more about, uh, your individual games, uh, which mm. yeah, sounds good. Uh, but I always do something at the end of most of the shows when I interview, uh, D and D, podcast i don't do it for all of them because a lot of them are artists and illustrators and stuff and so like, some of them don't even play D. uh so this will apply to you guys the scenario is that uh, you're trapped in a basement uh you by yourself you and one other person of your choice uh it's a 1980s like the swinging light my old days of playing D d you get one set of dice you get yep. one player's handbook of any edition and any other source book you want to use so you have two books uh, and then anybody in history or living or dead, uh, if it's a famous person, what character were they playing? Because uh, I always say, if you have Jim Carrey, uh, Jim Carrey is not the Riddler or uh, Ace Ventura in real life, because that'd be insane. Uh, <laughs> so if you pick someone, what movie are they, They, what's that style of the character that you're trying to, you want either playing or DMing uh, your 24 hour game session?
4: Oh, perfect. I got mine already.
2: What? All right. Where you go, Jimmy?
4: I would take, I know I would want Jeff Goldblum in it. Oh, <laughs> just doing, all right, all right. just nice. doing literally, literally any character, but I prefer him to be like a very short part, halfling or none, and just just have him ringing off ideas the whole time. That would be, I mean, I would say barely anything. <laughs> I would just let him go off. <laughs> Actually, it's just him running the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll just sit there in awe, just watching him. Run the game for you. Uh, yeah, for all those dice goblins good. out there, what, what set of dice would you have? Um, actually,
0: i not
4: sure.
1: Um, I'm nah, learning. I can't think of any. I'm <laughs> learning about the dice goblins because I'm going to be making dice molds for my dice maker that's in my podcast. And she's like, oh, you got to bring up the, 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 the Dice Goblin. So I added, you know, what set of dice? Just to,
2: That's cool, man.
1: People that are obsessed with dice. Uh, I am one of them. But, uh, you know, someone mentioned, like, well, what kind of dice would they have at the table for these 24 mm-hmm. hours? I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Good point. I, f-
2: I feel like at a Jeff Goldblum table, it's got to be, like, solid gold dice yeah. <laughs> or something real swanky, you know? Like- it's
4: either that or something that he's, like, had. I'd like some nice wooden ones
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just
1: wiggled into position yeah nice. yeah got it got it right on uh what what's the two books ah two Ooh. books well two one books. one player handbook so you got a core book and then one okay book okay
4: handbook. so you get the core book um I'd probably give her I'll probably her the new Everon book that came out not well it's not new I just feel like his the world is kind of fantastical, I suppose, for a D and D setting. So it kind of it kind of fits into his sort of Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I said before. Very steampunky, Jeff Goldblum with his wooden dice that he's crafted himself.
2: And I watch the hell out of that stream. Thing.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a twenty four hour live stream, and you can see the 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 slow <laughs> you know downgrade <laughs> of everybody's like mental status for twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh all but right.
2: I think I think I've got a I think I've got a a person, but I don't know the books. So I'm just gonna say uh Christian Bale as Batman as the DM.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: So you do like a Dark World any any dark world book or Yeah, I reckon. Got it. Yeah and, and instead of dice would he have? Would they just be filled with bats?
2: I think so. I think so. They'd just be they'd just be pure black, either that or like <laughs> metal that he's like he's whittled down on his grinder himself.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, liquid core dice with the real battle <laughs> inside of it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. They'll be dead yeah, within right. twenty four yeah. hours, but you know.
2: Yeah, exactly.
4: Gotcha. Just a pearl inside everyone from his mom's necklace, just to make it right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah.
2: like pearls.
1: He just <laughs> cries every time he drops it on the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Flashbacks yep. of the That's scene where the, <laughs> yeah. where the pearls are bouncing off the ground. So every time he rolls yeah. the dice, it's just a flashback. I like
2: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Jordan? You got one?
3: Man, I'm trying to think of something, but I'd probably go with something like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep, but he has mm. to be one of his like characters from something like Not Too Serious, Predator. You know, mm. <laughs> so then it's just a bit like <laughs> off the wall, it's like Kindergarten Cop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah
3: oh, well, our movies. last action hero or like oh, jingle yeah, all the yeah, way. Yeah. He's just this dad trying to <laughs> but he has to be the superhero in that, you know? Right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and there just has to be nonsense
1: all the yeah, time. That, just a bit of that. Well uh you know, when I when I have a lot of uh uh women on uh they always pick like joe Manganella and then some of them are like, <laughs> i i don't know if we would play D, you know like halfway through I'm, like, uh not what I'm trying that's, to be that's too easy yeah. that's too easy yeah, yeah. Know, that of, uh, yeah, yeah if ben that's Diesel. the option uh leo dicaprio is he free for tonight <laughs> 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 yeah uh, i change mine every time because if i did the same one it would just be ridiculous so uh, actually, what set of dice would you have
3: for Arnold? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. mm. uh, could you have like giant, giant, really ones? weighted ones? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Really heavy, <laughs>
1: like like so kettlebells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaks the table with it. Yeah. So he's super sad like tired at the end of the night, and be like, hey, you got your workout for twenty-four hours. You got to roll yeah, the yeah. dice, and he's like, oh, the D four is so.
2: Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> the d20 is like a massive atlas stone
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i like that It's, it's a 20. <laughs> uh I, I would do uh Ma- michael rosenbaum from uh, uh smallville like mm. so oh, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. we can just drink scotch the whole night and, and then um plan evil things for uh it would be uh a palladium's uh riffs Su- uh heroes so that the superman character we just torture the entire time uh um, nice and then we would have kryptonite dice just to so like glowy green green glow in the dark yeah yeah nice
2: that's cool yeah i like that
1: yeah i like it and, and then superman would come obviously because it's a fantasy world so he'd show up and we'd just pelt him <laughs> <dice>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you
4: just read what's his spider on yeah you have the kryptonite, well, you just kill him
1: yeah. <laughs> we've been know, waiting we could just pop the door open and then shove Batman and Superman against each other and watch it all unfold. Where that they, they roll dice against each other, I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom sessions on the other on the other room. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a movie right there. I could totally pitch it. It's kind of like cubes, but it's like every room has like a D and D situation. Yeah. Uh, and then like doors open up and shit happens. Like if you roll a bad, you know, fail, the whole room turns into Swiss cheese or whatever, you know. <laughs> I like that. That's a good, that's a good, uh, yeah. Uh, make that like, I, I to like... join
3: Jimmy's game.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to calm down, they will be in there. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I like it. So uh, thanks for coming on. I know you guys are, are you know, it's late where you're at. And uh, I think. It's getting
2: there. But no, thanks for having us on uh, Kelly. It's uh, sorry. It's taken us so long to, to, be able to make it work but it's um yeah really appreciate you having us yeah. on yeah it's been fun it,
1: it's been a blast and we'll, we'll have you guys on individually if you want to talk about your individual campaign settings and everything so I don't feel like this is yes, the only show we'll, we'll we'll continue to collaborate and do stuff and yeah uh, sounds good once you yeah, guys sure. start your full-on podcast we'll have you back on so we can blast it out there to the world uh so mm. if we can't get some mm-hmm. listeners for you and uh yeah so cool man all right thanks yeah thanks so much man thanks kelly bye thank you for listening to this episode of maximum Roll. join us each week as we interview folks within the gaming and entertainment industry such as writers illustrators artists podcasts twitch and youtube streamers social media content creators handcrafted gaming apparel and merchandise and much more you can find maximum role on apple and spotify and anywhere else you find your podcast if you want to be interviewed on the show just email us at maximum entertainment at gmail.com or instagram at maximum underscore role underscore entertainment underscore llc and if you like Maximum Rule, check out some of the other Dungeons & Dragons podcasts and streams on the Maximum Roll Entertainment Podcast Network, such as... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to let them tell you about their shows.
0: Looking for a unique and fun twist to your normal D&D podcast? Well, then check out Crumpets & Kerosene. This international podcast came together from the United States, Canada, Norway, and Germany. This fun, homebrew game takes our adventures from the modern world into a land of roving gangs, of killer clowns, creepy British children, the mating habits of dragons, and even Santa Claus. Join Jason, Alora, Merle, Sophia, Quentin, and Serene as they quest their way through the realms of mystery and evil. You can find Crumpets and Kerosene on Apple, Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, and everywhere you find podcasts. You can also find us on Patreon. Search crumpets and kerosene and get even more wild and crazy fun. Hey, hey, stop on by at D&D420.com. 420com We're a guild of role players brought and bound together by Common Drive, the love of role playing games. We bring our individual skills and personalities together to breathe life into the worlds and games created by our game masters. We also offer podcasts such as Late Night with Jess and Jam. We have custom content, a bestiary for 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons. And a Discord server, where you can find games or just hang out and make new friends. That's dnd420.com. Need some excitement on that morning drive to work? Welcome, adventurers, to Constructed Chaos, a live-play Dungeons & Dragons podcast full of unpredictable antics, forking doggos, and engaging fantasy storytelling and roleplay. With sessions recorded in a professional studio setting, you'll feel every bit of the action and hear every snide remark by the snarky NPCs. Jump in and have a listen to our flagship campaign, The Wrath of Zealous, to help us construct some chaos.
1: We also have Adventurous Roundtable joining us on the network. If you have a podcast or a show that you want to join the network with, email us at maximumroleentertainment@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and we'll see what we can do. Take care.
2: In a world of magic and mystery, where danger lurks around every corner, a new type of hero emerges. Brave. Resourceful. Potty trained.
0: I, I, poop, I, 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 I pooped in my pants?
2: Well, maybe not potty trained. Coming soon only to the Crumpets and Kerosene Patreon, it's Babies and Broadswords. Someone
0: so, 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 so please, my, my pants pooped in my pants. Games like Dungeons and Dragons are more popular than ever. But with tons of rules, mountains of books, and so many dice, it can be hard to know where to get started. That's where Dungeoneering with Jason comes in. We're Dungeon Masters for Hire. Take a break and let us run your next game. One on one tutorials are also available for new DMs. Contact Dungeoneering with Jason today. Adventure is just a click away.